Welcome to Sharpen the Public, an NFL and sports gambling podcast made by bettors for bettors. This is and will be the only place that you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more of your bets in the NFL. Have you ever wondered what it actually means when people say, hey, the public is on this side or the money is on this side? There's no context, but that's what we're here for, to provide context for those numbers. My name is DJ Bianco, and I'm your host of Sharpen the Public. Years ago, I started tracking the public betting numbers for every game in the NFL. I wanted to know, hey, if the public is 55% and the money is 65%, what does that mean? What are the trends for those numbers? If you've ever wondered that, then you've come to the right place. Every week, we're here to recap and preview the upcoming and previous weeks in the NFL. Let's dive into those trends. Welcome to Sharpen the Public. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Sharpen the Public. As always, I'm your host, Deej, back on virtual camera with Andy. Andy, how you doing? Licking my wounds, man. Licking my <laughs> wounds. My only win last week was for half a unit. I kind of predicted that it was going to be coming. I know it's pretty easy to say you're going to lose every week, but I got murdered last week. Looks <laughs> like it wasn't a high, super high volume week for me, but I mean, Jesus, man, it was it was quite the opposite of the week that you had uh how are you doing yeah I'm, I'm excited to talk about this week eight slate because i feel like i saw the board really well in week seven and just i ended up I, I see it pretty well in week eight i mean i went 12 for 13 on spreads in week seven uh did well just with the bet six three and one for about a unit and a half or two unit win so going into week eight excited we're sitting here thursday night recording watching the bills probably about to score their first touchdown here against the Bucks on Thursday night. It's exciting. I know you didn't have the best week, but you know, you, you were coming off of a little bit of a COVID week for yourself. So you can, you can blame it on that and we'll, we'll let it, we'll let it slide. Yeah. You can blame everything on COVID. That's what people have been doing the last three years. So I'll go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, yeah. welcome back to Sharp in the Public. This is the only sports betting podcast focused on leveraging public betting information so we can win more bets. As always, I did post my the recap for week seven podcast uh, i posted it yesterday a little bit delayed with all the philly stuff happening but that's besides the point because the philly suck and now i have to focus on the sixers and the eagles for the for the rest of the year but i'm a little upset at that but it is what it is eagles are making moves though you guys looked really good against the dolphins as you predicted you were spot on with that as well as uh the total went under barely i mean that was like close. I, I, called I, thought, it both. I thought right at yeah. the end yeah i thought right at the end that was going to go over but uh, i once again dude another good week for the unders it's kind of freaky that we're seeing the same shit that we saw last year with the unders where unders are starting to reign supreme in fact almost obnoxiously more than last year 100 percent. i'm excited to talk about it because it's going to be a massive talking point for i think the general sports betting uh industry in the nfl at least talking about totals here because this is the the most profitable or, or, you know, this is the, in the last 25 NFL regular seasons, there's only been three seasons where the overs happen more than the unders. And this is still the best winning percentage for the unders through seven weeks in this wildcard era. So, I mean, it's crazy stuff that we're seeing historically for the under. And we'll talk about that. But as I, as we do here in Sharp of the Public, let me run through the general public betting trends. So... We can get a sense of what's happening before we start talking about the week eight games because finally, finally, the public had a 
relatively bad week. They went five and eight ATS last week, Andy, which is finally the first. It feels like first like majorly negative week they've had this season since their seven and nine start in week one. So about damn time, dude. About damn time. It's interesting. I, we kind of predicted it too. I wouldn't say we predicted it. We we said like stay cautious, but over the past couple of weeks, because what we do here is, is track this data week to week, and we saw them do really well for a few weeks and then they did mediocre they didn't do great but they still went positive or, or 500 and they were like okay hey we're seeing a bit of a downturn and then they they end up going negative for the first time since week one so i'm curious to see what you think will happen in the in the coming weeks here but i expected to stay around where they were last week or even worse i don't think that they're gonna turn it back around immediately i think there's gonna be a lot of like overcorrecting from from the general betting public whether you know they they read games wrong last week and they're gonna think that they're reading things right or trying to you know what i mean like overcorrecting themselves yeah yeah for sure i don't think it's necessarily gonna equal itself out just because they did well last week i think that uh it should be purely independent versus some other things where we feel like there could be some regression or uh the opposite this is not one of them i feel like it's solely independent of uh of the rest Right. So speaking on that from week seven being five and eight, the total general betting data throughout the entire year, you know, totaling it up through week seven weeks, the public is 56, 47, uh, 56 and 47 ATS will, will not include the ties there. So still fairly good, fairly, still nine games or so over 500 and, and still better than the money, which is 53 and 50. And then the sharp differentials 54 and 49. So Obviously, it doing so well in the beginning half of the year tilts that, but it's still impressive throughout this this season to see them do so well in comparison to the money and sharp differential. The money's not doing great, honestly. It's still only slightly over 500, and then the sharp differential had a very good week this week, turning it back around. So we're seeing some crazy trends from there is the 17-4 and 4 ATS trend between 10 and 14% sharp differential, which is just insane. That went one and two last week, so we might be seeing that turn back towards more 500 or towards what we saw last year where that same range, the 10 to 14% sharp differential, only I think it hit slightly over or slightly under 500 last year. I talked about it on the recap pod, but to see it 17 and four ATS throughout this first quarter or so of the season, expect that to not necessarily be great throughout the rest of the season. Maybe it'll start turning around and again it went one and two ATS this past week so just wanted to make that clear that we're not going to follow it because it's 17 and four we have to kind of correlate it for sure and that's and that's only on spreads correct the 10 to 14 correct trip. yeah correct that's I, only I agree spreads. with you it's something that just supplements what you're seeing if you see that if you like a bet and you see that edge I think it just kind of pushes you over the edge exactly yeah so there there's that and then it's upsetting, but the Geico trend is making a bit of a comeback. It went two and two this week, and that's better than what it's done. You know, five hundred is better than a twenty-five percent win percentage, and it's now up to fifteen and twenty-nine ATS. So that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's then the golden rule. It's fade worthy. Yeah, I know. It is fade worthy. Or it's it's bet worthy now that we're in the second half of the season or second third of the season where it's gonna start turning around. So we'll we'll keep an eye on it and keep talking about it. But I mean, I, I kind of leverage that information to 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 hit some of the spreads i saw last week and it, and it works out so there's a lot of ways you can look at these things and then the last thing i'll say for ats stuff is no that's it that's all i got ats let's move to the totals 
had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't want to bog the, the this episode down with the data because I already talked about it. But public on the overs, 23 and 37. Just beautiful to see. Absolutely oh beautiful. God. <laughs> Jesus. They're also 4 and uh, 13 when they bet above 70% on the overs. And we saw that happen last year. We talked about it, how common it is for the public to just be bad betting the over, especially when they're that heavy on it. So it's awesome to see that back again. And then public on the under is 26 and 16. So we can kind of correlate that with how well unders are doing, but there's got to be something Vegas is doing with with whether setting their total, totals. And again, I talked about it on the recap episode, but from last year, Andy, the total in week seven if you average them from last year, it was about 44.6 points. And this year, it was 42.3 in week seven. So even over one year, we're seeing a two and a half point differential on average totals. Obviously, matchup matters, but still crazy in the same week to see a two and a half point difference year to year. Yeah, especially when totals were so far down. I think it took a bit for the totals to get way down last year, but still, year over year, when both years have been down, seeing two and a half points is a huge one. And that was something I tried to call last week, too. All the spreads were tight. So, uh, like nine of the 13 games were three points or less. I guess Colts pushed up to three and a half. And those totals in the one o'clock slate, as well as the Thursday night game, were all so low until you got to the afternoon slate where they were a bit higher. It's a bit better this week. Still low, but it's definitely a bit looking up a bit from the sense of like where the totals are sitting. But it's also a lot more one-sided this week where there's a lot more favorites. Um, it's also because we're getting all 16 teams playing this week. It's like this week and week 12 are the only two with no buys during the period of time where there are bye weeks in the middle of the season. Yeah, there are some fun uh, fun totals here with 35.5 as one, 36.5. We've got some low low totals here coming, but we do have 16 games to get through. Well, 15 because we're not going to talk about Thursday night as we record watching the Bills winning against the Bucks three to zip here, but let's let's get started, Andy. Let's start with my Eagles. Eagles headed to our nation's capital or slightly outside of it. I think the commanders play in Maryland, but I'm actually going to go to this game with my with my dad. So Eagles at Commanders minus seven. 53% of the bets on the Eagles, 31% of the money, giving the sharp edge to the commanders 22%. I'm curious to hear what you think here, but I say it every time the Eagles play the commanders and it, it, they worry me. Like they, it feels like Ron Rivera knows what to do against this Eagles team. It, in they're one of the only teams that like has actually stopped the brother brotherly shove and despite the Eagles coming off a massive win against the Dolphins I think this is a tough a, a tough spot for them to cover in well in Washington with uh with their form right now and uh, the the history that these two teams have as a divisional game uh, and getting seven points on the road is just just tough but I might stay away from the spread I don't know I'm curious to hear what you think yeah, seven-point home dog is pretty crazy, no matter how poor their form has been lately. Divisional dog, too. Right. Divisional dog as well. Uh, it's a no-touch for me, because I think you guys are actually that much better than them, but I'm too afraid to touch a spread that's large for a divisional dog. Do the Eagles typically do that well when you go to the games? Either maybe we just fade them because uh, you're going to the game. <laughs> uh, they <laughs> went one-in-one one ATS. Or, I don't know if it was ATS, but one one-in-one one last year when I went, so... No, they went, yeah, one and one, one and one. So I don't know if that matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm staying away. I think that total is interesting at 43 and a half for such a potent offense that you guys have going up against the defense that leaves a lot to be desired. 
We'll see how Chase Young fares against your guys' offensive line, but I don't have a ton on this one, to be honest with you. It should be a fun one to go to and uh, not crazy, not a crazy far commute from Philly to D.C. Right. The The issue here, before we move on from this one, because I'm with you, I think I would lean Eagles here, but I probably wouldn't take anything because I, I, I don't like the, the seven-point number as home dogs, but I think the matchup to look for here is the Eagles defensive line versus the commander's offensive line because Sam Howell has been sacked 40 times this season, which is the most of any quarterback in the NFL. It's the second most through this many games in the NFL history to three behind Derek Carr in 2002. So uh, there's a, this is a historically bad offensive line against an insanely good defensive line. And this game went sky over. Like, it was like 31 or something. The Eagles barely won already this game once in the season. I expect this one to be a lot more gritty, a lot closer with the Eagles' offensive line or defensive line actually getting to Sam Howell this game. So that worries me as well. It, like So I, I don't know. It's tough. I would I would lean under with uh, 99% of the money on the under, but uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one in the nation's capital. Yeah, for sure. I think you put it nicely. That's something to definitely look out for is maybe some sack props on the Eagles defensive line. We'll see if there any of them are priced friendly enough to bet on because with uh, stats like that where you're looking at historical numbers, maybe we are not getting the best price available. But if there's some good value in there, something to watch out for. For sure. Okay, moving on to Rams, six and a half point dogs going into Dallas with a total set at 45 and a half. Rams have... We'll say Cowboys have 59% of the bets and 81% of the money, giving them a 22% sharp differential. So the Rams ended up not covering or not even winning at home against the Steelers last week. And I loved the Steelers because I thought their defensive line would be able to take advantage of the weak offensive line that the Rams have. And this is kind of a similar story with the Cowboys defensive front just being dominant over the Rams offensive line here. So, I would lean Cowboys. I think the secondary of the Cowboys is a bit banged up, obviously, with all the, the with the Trayvon Diggs stuff, and this is probably tough. It, it kind of reminds me of Rams versus Eagles here, like with the Eagles secondary being pretty lacking, but the defensive line being able to get enough done in order for the Eagles to end up covering that game. So I would lean Cowboys, especially with them off a of bye. I think there's a lot of a lot of reason to to back the the back the boys here at home less than a touchdown. I agree with you. I really wanted to put the Cowboys in as one of my early best bets because I love that six number and I thought it was going to move more, but here we are sitting four days later because I write them on Sunday night and it's still at six in some spots, six and a half in others. Um, I love the way that this Dallas defensive line matches up against the Rams offensive line. That left side of the Rams offensive line is horrible, man. It, it's really bad. I think the right side's pretty solid, but that left side is leaving a lot to be desired this this season. Nobody ranks above a 60% on PFF on the left side of their offensive line, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, the other thing that I like is how well Dallas's wide receivers match up against the corners as well as the safeties for the Rams. I feel like uh, we could see a really big CD Lamb game here, and Brandon Cooks looked pretty solid in their last outing too. Um, or maybe that was two weeks ago. I can't remember, but he has been looking not like his old self, but, um, actually worth the kind of value that they got him on 
bringing him in this year, bringing in Cooks, that is. So I really like the matchups on both sides of the ball. This Rams team has been tricky, though, where there's been times where they've hung with the best of them, and there's been other times where it's been pretty shocking, which I think is what more people predicted for this season with them is that they wouldn't be as good. But they have surprised, so um, the Cowboys will always surprise us with having some of the best talent in the league and yet still falling short, so <laughs> who knows? But I do lean Cowboys here with you. I'm not ready to lock it in yet. I thought that, that line was going to move more, to be honest with you. So now that it's it seems like everyone's on one side, only 20,000 bets in, so there's that's probably going to quadruple, quintuple by the time that kickoff happens at 1 p.m. on Sunday. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean that way, but not ready to lock it in just yet, just because things have not moved like I thought they would. For sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a good point to put out with, we saw the Eagles game have 22% sharp differential, but I think this is kind of my own take. I think at this point in the season with us tracking public betting data, this is going to be the turnaround for for the larger sharp differentials. We They haven't been doing well, obviously, evidenced by the Geico trend, 15% or more sharp differential being 15 and 29 ATS through the season. However, I think there's going to be some sort of turnaround t- towards or regression towards what we saw last year to a more average 500 record for these types of trends. And seeing larger sharp differentials on a team like the Cowboys here is a large, a strong indicator for me that they are likely going to be the right side because of that regression towards the mean. I think with the influx of betting that we've had, uh, like the amount of bets that we've had, again, like nearly tripling, the amount of bets we've had over year over year from last season to this season, I think it's taken a bit more time for the larger sharp differentials to perform like we saw last year with incredible records from the Geico trend and, and, sharp, and golden rules. So I'm going to be trying to leverage that a little bit more here in the second half or second third of the season. And I just kind of want to point that out before we start rambling about a bunch of other games with sharp differentials and stuff. So interesting. call out. Yeah, it wouldn't be useful to give out all this data if we weren't trying to project where we could see it go week after week. So I think that's an awesome call out. Yeah, so I'm excited for it, and hopefully we can continue to hit some hit some bets. So moving on, we've I see Vikings minus one and a half at Packers in Green Bay, NFC North divisional. This game, I love, dude. This game. I love the Packers here, man. A total set of 41.5. Packers with 57% of the bets and 93% of the money. I think this is a massive overreaction in the market for the Vikings beating the Diners. Minus one at favorites in a NFC North matchup with the Vikings looking like they should. I mean, they almost gave the game away on Monday night in San Francisco and obviously the last minute interception by Brock Purdy was the evidence of that. But the Vikings turnovers, they're turning the ball over far too much. I mean, Kirk threw the ball to into Tredavious Ward's arms on uh, in the first drive last week, so on Monday. So it's not like they're fixing these issues, and they have no Justin Jefferson. Large, sharp differential towards the Packers here. I think this is a great spot for the Packers to cover against a divisional dog at home, or as a divisional dog at home. Sure. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's more, I wanted the Packers to show me that they could be better than expected this e- this season. I just haven't seen it. They haven't really looked that great to me all year, all year round. Jordan Love's shown flashes where I understand why, like there's a lot of hype around him from the 
uh, Packers brass, but I don't. It's just weird to me. I know that it's at home in Green Bay, but I just thought the Vikings would be favored by more. That's what freaks me out about this game. Maybe, maybe this is a game that's like a really good teaser leg. I this is one of the first weeks I didn't give out a teaser on my early best bets because I did so poorly on them last week, but and the week before I think. Um, I just. I don't know. Something just smells off with this one. That's why I had that reaction. I'll circle Packers as a potential teaser leg. Just because I, I do think it is going to be a closer game here, especially at home, division game. Uh, Vikings are a bit overvalued after their recent win over the Niners. Keep in mind, though, and I, I wish we had talked about this and had line of sight to this. I don't I don't know if we I, – I didn't notice it, at least in my research last week, but the Niners are awful historically in Minnesota. And that was something that when everyone on TV picked uh, the Niners, somebody saw that said that on Twitter. They're like, I don't understand that because they shit the bed in Minnesota every time. So I don't, I wish I could give Minnesota more credit for getting a win against one of the NFL's best teams, but this spread says otherwise. <laughs> it says we really shouldn't be overreacting a ton, even though uh, early on here, it looks like people are kind of with us. They're going with the Packers. Yeah, one of the crazy trends for this, and this is this this I feel like it always comes up when teams play tougher teams, whether it's a win or a loss, and they come back and, and play another team. So teams coming off a, a game against the Niners are five sixteen and two ATS since the start of last season, <laughs> and wow. it, it goes to show like holy shit, it's kind of wild. But I mean, it's that's a impressive stat because the you have to planned so much for the Niners that I don't know I, I, I'm not a coach but it's interesting that that's a massive trend as, as all I'll say 516 and 2 ATS coming off a Niners game so I think this is a really tough spot for the Vikings to come into Green Bay but I'll just leave it at that yeah maybe yeah I'll, I'll circle this as a teaser leg that pushes me over the edge a bit because I agree there's so much energy that gets into that and they had a little bit more time to put into that research too because it was the night game. Um, that was the Monday night game, right? Not the Sunday night? Correct. Yeah, so they had an extra day to, to play into that too. It's a lot of... That's that's the proof's, the proof's right there, man. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, have anything might, more to say. I, I think it's I really solid a teaser legs. Let's, let's see what we can find on the rest of the slate to uh, craft up a sharp in the public teaser. For sure. Hey, I mean, you got a nice total at 41.5 too, right? You're, you're right in the wrong category. That's what I'm saying. It's it's Wong territory. It's division. It's division home dog territory. There's a lot of stuff on it. It's just the game itself smells so iffy to me. Okay, let's move on to Falcons minus two and a half in Tennessee. Total set at thirty five and a half. Absolutely disgusting, but I love it. Uh, Titans fifty percent of the bets, sixty three percent of the money, thirteen percent sharp differential. They're fitting into that seventeen and four ATS trend, and it's another one that I that I'm not going to fade that trend. I love it. I love the Titans here. The Titans suck everywhere else other than in in Tennessee. We have Vrabel as a home dog against a team, a Falcons team that's coming off a, a win and people are going to be heavy on them. I think you're going to see a lot more bets come in on the Falcons throughout the rest of the week. I think this is a really tough matchup for them in a team that, like the the only thing good about the Titans is Sometimes they're they're rush defense, and now they're coming up a team that can only run the ball because Desmond Ritter, the only he just turns it over so much, and it, it, it's not winning or doing any justice for this Falcons team. So, I love the Titans here. 
Ritter has looked better passing the ball than he did at the beginning of the season. He has. Not saying I'll give by, you that. His standard by his he standard. has. So like he's not. I'm not saying he's a good. He's not a good passer of the ball. <laughs> no, I agree is, with by you. By his standard, he has looked improved, and you can see by like the fantasy impact of Drake London and Kyle Pitts the last couple weeks too. They finally went from fantasy bust to actually, uh, at least I won't relevant. say fantasy great, we'll say but fantasy yeah, relevant. relevant. They're relevant. Um, I completely agree with you. However, he still makes terrible mental mistakes. There was a game, there was a play where they could have put the game away where he ran into the end zone. I don't know if you watched all the games. Ran into the end zone alone, and then a, a defender came out of nowhere, knocked the ball, went back for a touchback, and they almost, I think there was, who were they playing? The Bucks. The Bucks almost came back and won and covered. Yet the Falcons thankfully pulled it out on defense. I think this is this just team is waiting to blow up in, in certain spots, and this is a great spot to, to back variable at home. Like it's just play the numbers and back one of the best home dog coaches there is. Yeah, no, trust me, I watched because I was big on the Bucks and I shit on the Falcons so much. Just what scares me now, but I. I feel like the Falcons are just kind of putting themselves in this purgatory as a franchise where they should be trying <laughs> to maybe get a quarterback. And I think they're just going to see themselves in this middle ground because the offense is good enough from a running perspective that they're going to win games, but they're going to get stuck in this middle ground where they're stuck with Desmond Ritter as a super mid quarterback, and they're not going to be able to actually upgrade it by having a shitty season. Um, I thought the Bijan Robinson stuff was pretty re- weak yeah. on their side too. That was really shitty. But he should be all systems go against the Tennessee side here that is uh, trying to fire sale their defense and potentially offense too. We'll we'll see what happens. I would circle this as a teaser like too, but I don't want to pair it with the Packers. I like the Packers like a lot more than betting on one side in this one. This is 35 and a half is <laughs> so <laughs> fucking low, bro. This is like Disgustingly a big 10 game. Low. This is like a big 10 West game, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're getting Iowa here. I mean, yeah, 75% of the best and 92% of the money on the under still. This is one of those ones where it's like it's almost too low for me. I, and I know that I think there's a crazy trend out there. It's like 20 and 5 or 21 and 5 to totals to the under when totals are below 37. And I, you and I love backing unders this low, but I don't know. I love low unders. The Falcons' <laughs> offense can break out, as can the Titans, if people can't stop Derrick Henry and, you know, Tannehill decides to have a good game. So if you get good weather conditions, this this game could be a total at 50. And I'm not saying I'd back the over here, but I think the, I, I, the Titans might be a, a two- or three-unit play for me. I love them in this spot. Are you locking it in on the pod? I'll lock them in for a unit. Yeah, for sure. Give me, yeah. the, give me the plus give three. Give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah, I, I love them here. Official play. One I didn't have any official unit. plays last week, and I had, and I went twelve for thirteen on spread. So maybe this is a bad trend. <laughs> it it definitely goes against your typical methodology that you preach of waiting until right before kickoff. But there is still, I mean, first of all, what's the fun of doing all that all the time? But second of all, there is still value to be had on a Thursday, especially if I can't get if the line drops to two and a half, and then it stays at two and a half the rest of the week, like. Getting the three there is is key, as three yeah. is by far the most key number there is in 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 football or in the NFL. I think it's yeah, I think that's a good call because it is two and a half in some spots and then three in others. So we'll give you the three there for a unit, and we'll see if you put another one on it uh, coming up on Sunday. Hell yeah! 
Okay, moving to another divisional matchup. We've got Patriots plus nine and a half in Miami. The total set at 46 and a half. This is a game. 64% of the bets on the Patriots here, yet 48% of the money on the Dolphins, giving them a 12% sharp differential. I love the Dolphins. Andy, I I, I do. I, I This is an overreaction again for the Bills win or Bills loss in 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 Foxborough there and the Dolphins just lost coming or just come off a loss against the Eagles this is a horrible spot for New England yeah the pros came in and slammed the Pats uh leading up to that game last weekend and especially right before kickoff there was huge money coming out of the Patriots like they knew something and the build game they did I mean they won they won the game outright and it seems like now public betters are like I know something too and you know what public <laughs> betters know? Nothing. So I, I I think it's really funny that it's turning that way, especially with the Pats on the road. I'm surprised that this is nine in some spots. I know it's nine and a half in most places, but you can get Dolphins still at minus nine in some spots. Um, I love them too, man. I think that they blow the brakes off of the Pats here. I think there's some great opportunity for, for props where I believe on Underdog and some other fantasy sites – Tyreek's receiving yards is below 100, which, yeah, he had below 100 against the Eagles. But, I mean, he, even against you guys, he looked like the best player in the NFL where he was – they just found it. He found his spots everywhere. He, he's yeah. just so magical, man. I think he's going to rip through this this Patriots secondary that is banged up, um, that is mediocre at best. Yeah, I, I lead Dolphins here as well. I'm not going to lock it in just yet, but for some reason that spread lowers, which I don't know why it would. Eight and a half is a insane teaser number to get down to Dolphins two and a half. They're not going <laughs> to get it down to a field goal. Are you kidding me? So right. I'm and afraid with, of a large spread. Go ahead. Right. With uh, with where we're at public betting trend-wise throughout this point in the season, this is a phenomenal spot, I think, to see the public on the Patriots here and then also the, uh, a sharp differential towards the Dolphins. Like I think, I've said it already, I think the public's going to have another bad week. They're going to continue this downturn that they're on. And seeing the the public on the Patriots here makes me love the Dolphins even more. Even though we don't preach to to fade the public, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk about the the trends and everything. But the trends right now are saying to fade the public, <laughs> in my opinion. So we're gonna do it. Yeah. And I I'd be surprised if the the public stays on the pa- the Pats throughout this throughout the week here. I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Sweet. Okay, next one I see is Texans minus three and a half in Carolina with 61% of the bets and 73% of the money on Houston. Um, so, okay, you want ahead, me to start? You go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I took over 41 and a half on Sunday night, released Monday morning. It was still there Monday morning. And we're, we got two points of value already because the total is up to 43 and a half. I still like it at 43 and a half, if I'm being honest with you. Both these defenses, well, I'll start with the Panthers defense. Panthers defense is not very good, except for um, in some areas against the pass. They are, in some statistics, a top 10 defense against the pass, which is not to be expected, right? They've let up over 40 points, or no, 42 points to the Lions, 42 points to some other team that's a really solid offense. And then they let up 37 to the Seahawks, which I consider to be a pretty good offense. Whenever they play like an elite um elite quarterback they've or not not elite geno smith's not elite an above average quarterback they have let up a lot of points and i feel good about putting 
CJ Stroud in that category for how well he's played this season. And it's not like he's going up against a incredible defense here where if they can't get it done passing, which would be absolutely shocking. Um, I love his passing ops this this game. I think that they can still get it going on the run because this rush defense is horrible for the Panthers. On the flip side, though, Bryce Young has a whole uh, 14 days to prep for this game. And he's shown a lot of um, comfortable patterns passing the ball to Adam Thielen. Where I love Adam Thielen in this spot, I think his uh, receiving yards total is below 70 right now. It's like 67 or 69 or something. Even if it gets up to the low 70s, I still love it where I think he could go for 100 yards again like he's done a couple times now this season. There's just so many paths where this Panthers team is going to be able to pick apart a Texas defense that has left a lot to be desired in a few different areas as well as C.J. Stroud just going off and um, like just picking apart this Panthers defense. I think there's multiple ways that the Texans will be able to carry their end of the bargain on the over, and I think that with enough time and prep, as well as the Panthers have, are changing play callers this week, where Frank Reich's no longer calling the plays, um, I think there's a lot of reasons to love the over here, just in which, which you would not expect, right? It's a low total. Rookie quarterback showdown with the number one pick versus the number two overall pick. Normally, I would indicate under, under, under. A lot of inexperience, but I think that with a lot of time, both of these teams coming off a bye week and how dominant C.J. Stroud and the Texas offense has been at times, there's plenty of reason to talk the over here. People seem to agree because we got 92% of the bets and 94% of the money, which is absurd, but we got a better line. We got two points better than what it's at now, and it looks like this is going to keep going up because everyone is just slamming this over. Yeah, this is a this spread wise is a tough one for me because uh, it's re I feel like it's weird to see both teams come off a bye and now you've got the number one two number one pick versus the number two pick. It's a weird matchup for me, and I I, I feel like I'm just going to end up staying away from the spread. But I do love the over as well. One interesting thing about the over last week, the sharp differential didn't wasn't on the over at all last week. It went zero and zero. So I think there's a bit of a smart movement here seeing such a game have such a high money percentage on the over which we don't see often so i I, i'm inclined to lean that way as well i'm glad you got it before that line moved and still posted the article and everything that's awesome uh the only things i'll say otherwise are there's a few trends here for this game so the texans opened as a dog and now are the favorites and that's happened a bunch since 2019 those teams are 42 and 81 ats since that's since 2019 where the team opens as a dog and becomes the favorite and then stroud being has only been favorite once in his career and he's owned one ats so i would lean <laughs> i would lean panthers he's played six I, games I, come on he's played six <laughs> games what are we doing i know no i know i know that's why I'm they probably probably played six games i know i think this probably stays close i mean i wouldn't hate getting this as you know if you can get it to plus four to, to plus ten for panthers as a as a teaser spot at home However, I'll probably just stay right center spread. I like the over as well, um, and that's all I really have to say. Offensively, I think CJ Stroud has looked amazing, and he'll probably be able to, to to work wonders against his Panthers defense. But if the new play caller in Carolina, you know, makes a significant change and, and gets Bryce Young to more comfortable Alabama type offense, who knows what what this team could do? Because Thielen looks great. You know, there's there's positive things about this offense. So. I, I'll I'll say no no touch for the for the spread in my opinion, but definitely lean the over. Yeah, I'm 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 with you there. The three in the hook is what gets me, especially with the Panthers at home. I feel like it could be 
close game going back and forth here. Um, exactly. But yeah, I- I'm with you. Cool. Next one, <laughs> I'll say Jets at Giants minus two and a half. However, this is both of their home stadiums. Uh, so basically a the neutral site. New Jersey. The battle for the Meadowlands, New Jersey. <laughs> Giants are three-point dogs with 71% of the bets, yet the Jets have 52% of the money, giving them a 23% sharp edge. I think this is a bit of over overreaction from the public on the Giants where they ended up looking good against the Commanders. However, I think part of that is Tyrod Taylor just having a little bit more experience in these spots. I don't know. I, I, I lean Jets here with the sharp differential. I think this is a great spot for them to cover against a, a, a bad Giants team with a with a backup quarterback. Their defenses look great. The Jets, that is, the the run game is, is really picking it up. And, yeah, I think this is a a neutral game where the Jets, you know, the Jets fans will, will out-drunk in the, the Giants fans and get the get their boys to cover. Do you know who the, the lowest-scoring offense was last season? The uh, uh, Jets. It was the Denver Broncos at sixteen and nine, sixteen point nine. But oh, the Jets were right there yeah. with them at seventeen point four. Um, do you know who was pretty close to them? The Giants. They ranked in the, they ranked to the bottom. The Giants were in the bottom half there at twenty one point two. Okay. The Giants have gone down this season from twenty one point two to twelve point one points per game. Wow. That's the crazy to hear you because the Giants were such a good team covering the spread last year, and yeah. to hear that is kind of wild. But I knew the Giants struggled scoring the ball last season. I thought that um, having that up was going to indicate it'd be lower, but twenty-one point whatever it was to twelve point twelve point one is a huge drop off. The Jets are eighteen point eight for what it's worth. So for me, I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Giants. I don't think they're going to score points. And if for me, it's do we think Zach Wilson's going to show up and pour it on? Because I, I don't know if he's going to. They're coming off a bye. The Jets are. So maybe they, maybe they came up with a really strong game plan to go against the Giants for the battle in New Jersey here. But uh, I like the under a lot. I really do. And it, it's it's moved. I'm We're getting in a bad number. It opened at 39. It's now 36 and a half. But it's so ugly. Do you think it's going to move more? It could. <laughs> it really could. I mean, everyone's not everyone, but the money agrees with us here. We got seventy five percent of the money, making a twenty six percent sharp differential. Only twenty three thousand bets right now, so that'll go up a lot, especially for a New York versus New York game. That that game's going to get six figure uh, number of bets easily. But I really like the under here. I just think this is going to be such a boring game. And these New Yorkers are just going to get absolutely obliterated tailgating for this game. Yeah, I think the, the story here. I think the story here is absolutely how drunk the which fan base gets more drunk is going to end up winning this game. I, I, like at the end of the day, the question becomes: Is Tyrod Taylor better than Daniel Jones? <laughs> and do they just need to like the Tyrod Taylor has led this Giants team to 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 play pretty well and. I would say maybe the commander's offense and the Giants defense probably won them the game last week, but he's a game manager and he's getting it done what he needs to be done. So I said I lean Jets and I still do lean Jets. However, if 
I don't know. I don't know if I love it. Like this, this game is probably going to stay close, and this is another great teaser spot with such a low total. But I don't know. I lean, I lean Jets, lean the under, despite it being crazy, crazy towards the under. Dude, twelve point one points per game is like embarrassing. That's really bad. That's, That's like insane. Iowa, no, Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeye score. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I need to look that up. I should have had that side by side while I was looking at last year. Yeah, that's so a, like that's my a, little slight Denver Broncos dig. I just slid in there. I was like, it was actually the Denver Broncos, but <laughs> yeah, I should have known the Broncos. The Broncos were, <laughs> offense was horrible last year. Yeah, I mean, they yeah uh, they're at twenty one point one this year. They're like the hey Broncos of the twenty twenty two Giants, just in twenty twenty three. They just flipped. Anywho. Okay. Anyway, who do we have <laughs> let's next? Get, yeah, we got Jags minus two and a half in Pittsburgh. Jags have 57% of the bets with 51% of the money, giving the Steelers a 6% sharp edge. We saw sharp, small sharp edges between 0 and 4% last week go 5-0. and And wow. through, yeah, through, what is this, through seven weeks, it's 15-7. and seven Anytime you have a low sharp differential between 0 and 4%. So ATS, 15-7 and seven ATS. So I know it's at 6, but things can change come Sunday. So I I love the Steelers here too. As a home dog with the with the Jags coming off, they'll they'll have extended rest. However, Mike Tomlin as a dog at home just speaks speaks to me. I, <laughs> the The Steelers' defense looked great against. I would, I'll say great with a with an asterisk. Their their secondary didn't look amazing against Puka and Cooper Cup. However, their defensive line got home to Matt Stafford, and that is how they end up winning games. If if the, if TJ Watt and their defensive line can can cause havoc and create turnovers, create chaos they will win games and that exactly was their recipe against this against la and i think they can do just that again at home against the jags because yes the jags have a much better rushing offense than the rams however i i expect i expect the steelers defense to 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 just handle etn and and ridley and lawrence I, i love i love the steelers here 10 days prep for the Jags. I don't think that should be slept on too much here, but it seems like the Steelers are figuring it out. The Jaguars are also the second worst team in allowing passing yards per game. And I believe that Pickett's passing yards total is at like 230-something. I love his passing yards total to go over. Uh, I think it, I need to look that up, actually. But, yeah, I... I I think this might be the teaser leg here, where I think that if Pickett can get it go, can get it going, like George Pickens' uh, receiving yards total is at like mid fifties as well. I love that spot for Pickens too. Pickens has been looking really, really solid for them. And as soon as we thought this team was dead in the water to start the season, right? They're figuring it out as they as they always do, dude. This is some Steelers shit. This is the most Steelers shit ever. Where people, I think we're gonna see that. Uh, percentage of bets and percentage of money number go up a lot more on Jacksonville as the week goes along. It just feels like such a good spot for the Steelers here, man. And Vegas is sitting, they're sitting nice on their two and a half. That line hasn't moved at all. Yeah. I also lean Steelers here. I think this is an awesome teaser leg. I'm really thinking hard about locking this one up and teasing it with the, uh, with the backers. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Again, I'll I'll discount. I won't discount. I won't discount your ATS thing with the uh, or uh, days of rest. However, so on extended rest, 
Lawrence has played four games, eight or more days, two and two. He is ATS and straight up. So, I mean, it's, it's a small sample size, but that's important to note if anyone considers the extended rest something. And then the other trend I'll give is this game, the Jags opened as the dog and are now the favorite. So we talked about it. The Texans-Colts game, or Texans game, those such teams are 42 and 81 ATS since 2019. So some interesting trends backing the Steelers here. And then the final point I'll make is I think we've seen not necessarily the peak, but maybe a peak valuation for the for the for the Jags where they've been undervalued in, in weeks previous, but then they beat the Bills and then they went on Thursday night and now they're coming in and getting fifty seven percent of the bets as home uh, as away favorites. I think this is a very big letdown spot for them given all of that information and the public backing them when we think the public's gonna have another bad week. So uh, I, I love the Steelers here. I think we've had a pretty good like um a pretty good feel on the Jags all season too, where like at the beginning of the season, I made sure to call out that I felt like they were a little overvalued in the market and the Colts should have covered that week one game against them. They really should have it. I mean, the Colts are winning until they choked it away at the end and then the, the Jags ran it up right at the end. Um, and then the Jags got destroyed by the Texans. Remember that? Yeah. Like it was, I think that was week two or week three. No, that was week two. Um, and then they started to figure it out. Once they went over to their home abroad is when they started to turn things around. And, and then, people yeah, then started to hop else, on yeah. the wagon here. But I think you're exactly right. They're back to being a bit overvalued. I think the Steelers are still extremely undervalued. I'm going to do two things here, DJ. I'm going to go um, Kenny Pickett because it is available in prop markets. Kenny Pickett over 216 and a half passing yards against okay. the Jaguars who are the second worst team allowing passing yards for game and also going to go ahead and do my chart but that, that's for one unit that's at minus 115 as most player props are um i'm gonna go steelers plus eight and a half first leg with a chart in the public teaser i'm gonna wait to make sure that i don't want to do somebody else but i'm leading putting the packers to the second leg here I, I love them as a teaser leg here dude this is this is an awesome teaser leg Awesome. I love it. Welcome back to the Sharpen the Public teaser. This is great news for, <laughs> for our listeners. <laughs> this is great content as I figure it out on the fly here. Hey, a lot of preparation goes into back, This is what we do. Exactly. We're talking it out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Moving into your boys, Andy. Saints plus half a point or pick them in some spots in Indianapolis with a total set at 43 and a half. Right now, the bets are on the Saints, 63%, with the money heavy on the Colts, 62%, 25% sharp differential towards your boys in Indy. This is a tough spot for them. I think with with how you guys have looked without AR, I'm, I'm going to let you speak here. I think you guys have looked really good, and obviously you didn't get the win in a very close, high-scoring game against the Browns. You made that defense look like trash, and I had the under in that game, and that under was dead in the in the first half. So, Oh, yeah. You guys can put up points against strong defenses. However, is that going to be consistent? I'm not so sure. I think you've got a great one-two punch with with Taylor and Moss and Pittman's coming out of a shell with, with Gardner Minshew. So there's a lot of good things to look forward to. However, your defense also isn't great. Like, there's nothing much going for the Browns. Or there's not a lot of positive things going for the Browns, yet they still put up nearly 40 points against you with a backup quarterback, backup running back, Kareem Hunt. But so, 
the Saints offense sucks, so that's why I would definitely lean Colts, but that's the worry I have with with you guys is your defense. Bivin is only coming out of his shell vocally because he only he barely got the ball last game and Josh Downs really dominated, which I'm hype about. I think Josh Downs is an awesome receiver. Got to see him live at UNC Notre Dame last year where Notre Dame blew the brakes off of him, but Downs still had a really solid game against that great Notre Dame defense. Um, I I still think Garmin is a fraud. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I am. I, I said that last year when he was your guy's backup too. Yeah. He's a, he, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the game, it, some of his mistakes were what cost us. I know that we put up 37 or 38 points against the league's best defense. People were touting this Browns defense as like, I mean, you would have thought it was the 85 Bears the way people were talking about this defense, dude, after the <laughs> first couple of weeks. It was insane. And I think that they were right in some regards. And I I mean, I, I touted them really highly too. Just, I think people have enough film where they're figuring them out a bit. It's, it's either here or there. We're not talking about the Browns. I think that the offense is still going to be really good because there is a lot to be proud about with the offensive line where he's getting the time. This is, seems like the offensive line of old where we had the O-line there ready for any quarterback to step in, and then all the quarterbacks were very mid that we got over the last few years. Um, and Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor are still kind of splitting up. They're figuring out what's going on there as they re-enter Jonathan Taylor back in. I just don't know how they match up against the Saints defense here because I think the Saints defense has started to prove they might be a bit more legit than we thought the Browns defense was. And I don't have anything on this game, to be honest with you. I probably would lean Saints. And I know that the Saints offense has been so incompetent. Oh, wow. Actually, no. I cannot believe. Why is this total going? Why is this total going? Because <laughs> I, I, I because you guys scored 40 points and let up 40 points last week. Correct. But the Saints can't score points. And right. I, don't, I don't. I know that we let up a lot of points to the Browns. And to Panthers legend PJ Walker, I know, but like <laughs> we, the Saints scored thirty four against the Pats a few weeks ago. Keep that in mind. The Pats are horrible. That's not even one to monitor. <laughs> That's not even one to monitor. But your defense sucks too. This okay. I touched on with the Jags though, right? They're one of the worst defenses against uh, against the pass, and the Saints could not get anything going throwing the ball against the Jags. Alvin right. Kamara had a day. He was phenomenal. But this, I don't know. I like I like Alvin Kamara props here. His rushing totals around mid fifties. I love that for him. I think that he's still gonna they're gonna run the ball with him 15, 16, 17 times like they have been since he came back from suspension. But it's about all I got here. Maybe lean the under. Probably not gonna touch it though. Unless it's something <laughs> I feel super passionate about, like I did when the Colts were going to Jacksonville and the spread was only four. I'm I'm probably not gonna touch a Colts game, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on to their matchup from last week, we see the Browns as four-point dogs in Seattle. 69% of the bets on Seattle and 55% of the money, giving the Browns a 14% sharp differential. So this is a weird matchup, man. I I don't know if last week was a one-off for the Browns where like, we saw a nearly historic defense through six weeks, and then they just get shit-faced playing, playing, the, playing the Colts. So I don't know where to stand on the Browns. However, the Seahawks were, they didn't look amazing against the Cardinals, but they, they did what they needed to do to, to cover and win. 
that game twenty to ten in a divisional game. So uh, I I don't know where to stand. I think I think the smart side here is to back the Browns, but I don't know if I can bring myself to do it with how many points they allowed to the Colts last week. Yes, they put up a lot, but we just talked about it. The Colts defense doesn't really surprise me. I think the Seahawks are a great team, a really put together, well put together team, coached well and are, are balanced on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. So this is this is a tough spot for me to, to, to back the Browns. But I do like the under at 38. Yeah, dude, I like the under too. I, I lean the under here. I agree with all your analysis. I don't know how to, to be honest with you, I don't really want to bet this game because I don't know how to gauge the Browns. The Colts should not have scored that many points against them. I guess right. what we thought they was should. one of the best defenses where it's like I can't, there's too much uncertainty to be able to confidently say that you can that you know which way this game's going to go. I don't think that there's nearly enough certainty at all to to know what's going to happen here. I, I lean the under, but I can't really give any good analysis because I don't know what to think of this Browns team. Deshaun Watson's out, but um, they put up 38 and they let up almost the same last week to the Colts. Like, how are we supposed to gauge what the Seahawks are going to do? Who should be a much more competent team? Right. It's a tough spot, a tough number at three and a half or four, depending on where you're getting it. Like, this is a a very tough spot. We'll see what the numbers are looking like come Sunday. And if things stay the way they are, I would definitely back the Browns with heavy uh, public backing and then a a large sharp differential towards the the Browns. So, or heavy public public backing for the Seahawks and a heavy sharp differential towards the Browns. So, I'm going to stay away from this one for now, but interesting game that that should be a fun one to watch that might be a, a good gauge for to, to see where we think that both teams are you know after after week seven so let's move into Ravens minus nine and a half in Arizona plus nine and a half that is the Cardinals 30 percent of the bets 19 percent of the sharp dif- or of the money giving the Ravens an 11 percent sharp differential Andy this is a wild spot for the Ravens however I've loved the Ravens the last two weeks and they've won me some good money however I like the Cardinals here this would be classic Ravens for them to blow the brakes off of the Lions and then come into Arizona and drop an egg. It, it, <laughs> this is classic Baltimore. I like the Cardinals here too. I really do. Do you think the spread moves anymore? Because I'm surprised it's up to nine and a half. Yeah. Um, I don't think it gets I, past ten. It, it'll hit ten. I think there would be some resistance at ten. However, yeah. with I mean, there's there's a good reason for this to be on the other other side of seven. I think below seven points, which is where it opened is far too low, and that's why you saw a lot of the money come in on the Ravens and bet it to 9.5. However, anywhere close to 10, I, I love the Cardinals. I think this might be one where I so I lean the Cardinals too. I think this might be one where we wait and see if it touches 10. As soon as it touches 10, lay your money because I agree with you. Yeah. As soon as it hits double digits, it'll hit resistance and kind of go back down, but maybe they might let it experiment there if they feel confident with uh, I don't know. I mean, everyone's going with the Ravens, so if if Vegas likes their position, they'll probably leave things where they are. Yeah, yeah, we'll it, it depends. Yeah, this it depends on how much money and specific bets that are placed, however, and what obviously where you're betting it. But this is a good spot for the Cardinals to to bounce back against a divisional loss where the Ravens are coming very you know hot off of two big wins, especially against a, a beatdown of the Lions, and now they got to travel across the country. There's a lot of good things happening in Arizona and Phoenix with, you know, basketball's back and then the Diamondbacks just made the World Series. So these 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 Phoenix and Arizona fans are going to be a bit rowdy. And then 
I know there's lingering Kyler Murray news. I don't know exactly what it is. He's not back yet, right? He's practicing, so he's right. allowed to okay. practice. If they're, they, I also heard they might just take their time with him because they're so bad, which is to be expected. People are saying that at the beginning of the season two, they might take their time with him. So, okay, so I wouldn't worry, worry about, about that him with this game. Yeah. It's a non-factor. Josh Dobbs, uh, Josh Dobbs is. He's been fine. He's been really good. Yeah, he's he's been solid. Shout out the Tennessee legend. Where we that was one of the best we, games we, that we saw in South Carolina. We, yeah, one of the yeah, best games we, we saw him. in South Carolina. Night game, USC beating Tennessee, ranked 17 with Alvin Kamara and Josh Dobbs. Beautiful game, amazing game. Uh, the the next game on our four o'clock slate here is the Bengals and Niners, which this game has been wild with the spread moving back and forth due to the Brock Purdy news. Right, we've got the Purdy news of is he going to play with this concussion protocol? They're saying that he should be good to go. Is he not going to play? The spread went down to, so it was at four and a half or five and a half, whatever. Um, went down, then back up. Then now it's down again, down to four and a half or four in some spots. And everyone's just slamming the Bengals because of the news. I, I like the Niners here in a bounce spot. Spot to be honest with you, I, I really do, and I think that. Um, even though the Bengals are coming off by, the Niners are not getting enough respect here for what this team is. Do you know? Do we know yeah. if Debo's playing or not? McCaffrey's a go, but I don't know. Let if me Debo's tell you if he's practiced. Debo did not, not participate practicing. in practice. No. Yeah, Debo did not practice today as we're recording. So that is one thing that kind of sucks. And then we're still kind of waiting on the party news here. Cause they could, they're of course going to be friendlier saying, Oh yeah, he's for sure going to play. It's going to come down to Sunday, whether he plays or not. And to be I'm, honest with you, they probably should not. It's it. I saw some stuff where it looks like Sam Darnold is prepping and as if he's going to play, even though they're saying that Purdy can, can go. I think Darnold's going to be fine. Like apparently uh, Shanahan really, really likes Darnold. So He'll be fine. You you kind of plug and play with this offensive quarterback, so I'm not too worried about who's under center. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I love the Niners. Well, I wouldn't say I love. I like the Niners here as well. I think there's a lot of public like overvaluation of the Bengals because it's Joe Burrow. There's not much discourse around how bad their defense has been over the the transition from last year. We talk about it. I feel like every time we talk about the Saints, but the or the the Bengals, but the loss of Jesse Bates, the loss of Von Bell have been huge for this Bengals defense. And to tack on to that, their offensive line is battered. It's beaten. It's still, it's the reason Joe Burrow is not looking like the Joe Burrow of, of, of old. So now you got to back this Nick Bosa backed defensive front with that is hungry as hell because they're coming off a, a tough loss against the Niners and a tough loss against the, the Browns. This is a phenomenal spot for the Niners to cover. I think the line is too low. I'm with you. I, I think that that's one of the reasons it's moved so much probably is because, you know, the odds makers are like, hey, this should be this. And then they're seeing a lot of money put on this one side. So they're changing it. Then they're like, nah, fuck that. We we know this line should be different. So anything under a touchdown here, I, I love the Niners. I think they are that much better than the Bengals this year. And that's why you're seeing 74% of the bets on the Bengals because there's this overconfidence towards them off a of buy and you know, with, with everyone wanting them to come back. However, this is like one of those, not necessarily hold your nose because there's a lot of questions surrounding the Niners right now. I think back back this better team because 
personnel-wise, straight up, they are absolutely the better team. Take away the quarterbacks. Yeah. And you can plug and play Sam Darnold, like you said, as with Brock Purdy. So I, I, I love I love this Niners team. The Bengals team does not look back yet to me. And if they beat the Niners here in in Santa Clara, then then I'll believe it. But right now I, I, I can't. I can't I can't get there. Or being kind of contrarian to the Brock Purdy hype train where everyone was calling him the truth and I all was that. Never and, on, then he's, and then he's I was had never two on I know, I know, I know. And he's he's had two like below average games by his standards the last two, and now we're like, yeah, you can plug and play. Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've never really thought Brock Purdy was that <laughs> amazing. I think it's just the personnel that the Niners have had, and I would love to see how he fares with a with a worse team. However, he has done well. If you can get a, t- a player, a quarterback that's accurate and, and stays in the pocket and maneuvers when they need to and not necessarily look amazing, but plays good football, that's all you need in a Kyle Shanahan offense. So, there's a lot of a lot of positives for, for the for the Niners offense, despite not having Brock Purdy this game. I think. I mean, McCaffrey scored in like 16 games straight. <laughs> like, yeah, just give yeah, the ball yeah. to him. He's gonna be fine. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, DJ, I have found my second teaser leg. By the way, we're gonna go to the next game. It is oh, your Chiefs favorite. It's his favorite team to face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really think the Broncos are gonna are gonna string two wins together here? <laughs> Do you really think the Robbers are going to string, string two together? I don't think so. Uh, the Right now, the public agrees with me. <laughs> 68% of the public are on the Chiefs, but only 35% of the money, which that means that there's a 33% sharp edge on the Broncos with 29, I'm 29,000 bets, dude. This is one of the more bet games early on. Actually, the most bet game early on that we've previewed thus far, which is pretty crazy because um, I mean, it's Thursday night right now that we're recording this. I'm surprised this is the one that people feel the most passionate about, but yeah, this this total has also moved up from 43 and a half up to 46 or 47 in some spots, depending on where you're getting in. Uh, people are loving this over. In fact, not just any ordinary people, but the public. 69% of the public, but only 51% of the money. So there is an 18% sharp on the under here with a couple days left. Yeah, I, I don't even need to explain it. I really don't. I really don't. Just because they won last week doesn't mean they're good. The Broncos are still in disarray. They need to figure out what the hell they're doing going into next season. I know it's week eight. We're not even officially at the halfway mark. We're close, but we're not even officially at the halfway mark. Uh, this team should start figuring out what they're going to do next season because they're shit. Give me the Chiefs down to minus one and a half, tying them to my Steelers plus eight and a half earlier for a unit and a half. The sharper the public yeah. teaser for week eight, baby. Give it to me. Yeah, there's a, that's a great spot for a Chiefs and a teaser. However, I do lean Broncos, but I don't love it. I mean, I'm not going to speak too much on the spread because I don't know why I lean the Broncos. I, I don't. It's a divisional game. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> the Chiefs have won 16 to nine in in Kansas City, and now you're getting that same number in Denver. Obviously, not a primetime game or whatever. So I like the under because one because we talked about at the beginning four and thirteen when the public is on an over at 60 or 70% greater, 70% or more. And right now they're at 69. So love the under for that. And then two this year, this is one of the, one of the most fun things to talk about sharpen the public trend wise. And as obviously unique to us, we get to talk about when specific teams happen, how the public is and the public is one in three, Andy backing the over in chiefs games. And I, I expect that to, to continue to be bad. 
we can look back to last year and they were three and seven back in Chiefs overs. So, uh, <laughs> what more? What else do I have to say? Give me the under, and I'll lock it in right now on the pod. Give me under forty-seven and a half in the Chiefs Broncos game. I love that. Let's go. God, these friends are um, so fun sometimes. Yeah, I will let you have that as your official play. I'm not going to do it with you, but I will. I will put money on it with you. I will ride with you on that one. But that's your play. Beautiful, beautiful. And where is it? Forty-seven and a half. I, I put forty-five and a half here, but uh, I got forty-seven on on BetMGM. So yeah, don't don't make it forty-seven and a half. I got forty-seven minus one ten on BetMGM. Nice. Right. That. Love it. Let's move to the. Sunday night game, beautiful Sunday night game. Bears plus nine in LA. Probably will have uh, probably be a home game because no, the Chargers have no fans except for that one fan that the NFL pays. Bears plus nine <laughs> in LA. Thank you for saying it. That's all I want to talk about her too. I, I'm so annoyed at that coverage, dude. Enough of it. Enough of it. I'm glad it's that's funny. all you have to say about it. No, it's funny. Um, Chargers must, minus eight and a half or minus nine with 57% of the bets and 46% of the money, giving the Bears an 11% sharp edge. Bajan looks pretty good, Dandy. <laughs> I'm pointing myself here. I'm 3-0 on uh, closing line value here because I got the Bears at plus nine and a half and I got the over at 44 and a half. It's now 46 and so he started, I feel, he started I feel good out- about it. Started out week Horrible. back in with CLB, yeah. but now you're getting it. <laughs> My first three weeks, I think you're two and a half, maybe three, were so bad for CLB. But yeah, <laughs> the last the last five now, I've been doing really well in the closing line value, and it was showing until last week. But yeah, I here's my thing with this game, Deej, and feel free to agree, disagree, whatever. But Chargers defense is abysmal. They, I'm pretty sure they allow some of the most yards total in the league they also are not great um or they're not great against um teams like to run the ball they're like below average but right around that average range they're really bad against teams that love to pass the ball and it seems like tyson here is not afraid to throw the rock and it shows i mean it shows like dj moore starting to gain some confidence he's starting to look better they're, and I mean the, the Bears as a whole, right? They're passing the ball a bit more than they were at the beginning of the season. I think he's he's got some like some weird swagger to him, dude. He's got some some Division Two swagger to him, doesn't he? He's, it's something <laughs> about him. Yeah, the, he's looking good. The Bears fans like him too. Um, the Chargers, on the other hand, the hey kid, absolute blessing. This is a blessing for them defensively, where uh, Herbert Herbert props the moon. His passing total is at 277 and a half, I believe. Wow. Uh, I'm going to lock, go ahead and lock that in. I'm going to double check it while I let you talk just before, so I can make sure I give out the most accurate number here. But um, I love adding Herbert as well to my official plays. I already have the Bears plus nine and a half, and I've got the over. You can, there's, I got all kinds of stats and stuff on happyhoursports.net. Go to my early best bets piece. I got a ton of stuff on this game because. Just looking at it, when I was looking at it Sunday night, there wasn't a ton that popped out to me, but this game, I was like, no way the total's that low. And sure enough, I mean, people people were with me. That total's starting to push up, and I'm sure that it will move up a bit more as the week progresses. But yeah, give me Herbert uh, over 263.5 passing yards as another play for one unit. Yeah, this is... I, I like the Bears, and I'll get into that in a minute, but the first thing I want to talk about is the total. The 
Chargers defense blows, the Bears defense blows, and usually, I mean, that is a good indication to back the under. However, because Vegas sets a total higher, uh, I think the record is when when two bad defenses play, it's like fifty six and thirty something uh, towards the under. So that's where that trend aside, I, I don't think that necessarily matters here because you're getting a very high potent offense with a bad defense on both sides. Uh, aside from those numbers uh the bears are six and one to the over this year I'll, I'll back again andy what are your just what we talked about with the chiefs and public betting on the over when the public has been on the over in bears games they're five and one this year so and the public is right now on the over obviously the bears are six and one to the over themselves so people love to back overs in bears games but i, I think this is a great the spot over general for a for a sunday night over however moving to the spread I think nine points is egregious for how bad this Chargers defense is. Yes, their offense is great. However, it's it's not like the Bears offense can't score points. It's the Bears defense that can't keep them in games. So I, I, I love just the nine-point dog in a game where it's not even going to feel like it's an away game because of the, I think, the, the Bears fan base is phenomenal you're in la where it feels like they never neither the rams or the chargers ever have a home game you got an 11 percent sharp differential toward the bears right now this is this is a good spot i wouldn't say i love it i'm not i'm not gonna say i bet it right now but this is a side that i'm definitely looking towards in the bears so yeah that's what i'll say for the sunday night game yeah i'm with you i don't i don't disagree with any of that cool Let's finish off here with Raiders plus eight and a half in Detroit with the total set at 46 here for our Monday night game. I don't know what to do with the Raiders, Andy. Like, I, I really don't. And obviously Detroit's coming off a big loss to the Ravens. And now you're seeing 97% of the pets and 97% of the money on the Lions. Obviously, there's only 27,000 bets on this game right now, given that it's Thursday and the game happens Monday. But that just seems egregious. Uh I'm not sure I've ever seen it won't happen, but the the we saw the Dolphins have around a 90% public backing this year and they covered. So it's not like that's crazy, but with, with the way public's trending and how the Lions performed last week, it, it looks like there's a method to to beating them. However, I don't think the Raiders have the personnel to do it, and that's why I would lean Lions. I also lean Lions. I think this is a phenomenal teaser piece as well, but I already locked in a teaser, so I'm not going to just pair it with the Packers because I liked the Packers earlier. Um, I, I love this. as a bounce-back spot for them, too. They got embarrassed last week. If this team actually wants to be the contenders that people say they're going to be, if this team is going to be a hype offensive machine like people say they're going to be, then they should completely demolish this Raiders team that is so bad on defense despite uh besides Max Crosby who's a beast if this Raiders team is so bad man and I just I don't see how the Lions don't cover this number it just the what scares me is that everyone and their mother agrees with me so maybe the hook gets them or something I don't know I lean them here I'm not gonna lock it in this will be one that I wait until Monday to to put any action on but Everything matchups wise, I love um, everything about this. I love. I think that's maybe what scares me away from actually putting money on it. Those are the ones that get you. Yeah, yeah. The good thing here is we have a lot of time. It's on Monday, but 
these are just leans. There's a lot of things going on with this game with with the backup quarterback situation for the Raiders and I don't know, just the Lions and David Montgomery. I, I think he's back now. I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll, we can talk about that as the week goes on in Twitter and stuff. But as always, thank you guys for listening to Sharp of the Public. This is us talking about every game on the slate every week. This episode comes out every Friday. And, you know, talk about the unique public betting trends that only we talk about and have. So thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And as always, let us know on Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, now that we post these to YouTube, what your comments are, what you think, if you want to hear things differently. But yeah, thanks for listening to us blabber about sports. And we'll see you next week when we talk about our wins. Right, Andy? For sure. And be sure to check out our new UFC podcast, Pilsers and Prelims. You can catch myself and Rick on that podcast releasing every Wednesday whenever there's a UFC card. So uh, we had a preview out for UFC 294. Nothing this week because there's no UFC card, but we will have the UFC Sao Paulo card coming out on Wednesday. So uh, take some of these winnings from NFL and start to get ready to put them on the UFC fight night that's going to be in Brazil. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, Rick and I are our, our Sundays and Mondays are overloaded now with research since we record on Tuesday. So can't wait to hear y'all's reactions to that. I know a lot of people have been asking us for MMA content. Where had the UFC write-ups gone? Where where has this been for UFC? Because we had a pretty big UFC presence last year and early this year. But uh, we are back in podcast form. Be sure to find us on wherever you listen to your podcast, as well as on YouTube. Subscribe to Happy Hour Sports on YouTube. Uh, Hopefully you guys are watching us on YouTube right now because I think DJ and I are both having a great air day. So be sure to check us out. <laughs> Subscribe on YouTube. Give us a like. Give us any feedback you got. And last but not least, the boys bet better with beer. Damn right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sharpen the Public. A lot of effort goes into this and everything we do at Happy Hour Sports, so we would really appreciate it if you would follow, rate, and most importantly, share the podcast. Share it with someone who needs to be sharpened because I know those people are everywhere. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next one.